Hey, it's the Brian and Kendra Show. Uh, we are here today going to talk about some valuable tips. and. But first, Christmas. Okay. Okay, so the holidays with the casters and friends. Yes. Fan freaking tastic. That was last weekend. Yes. Yes. Man, talent, talent, talent. So they didn't do like my favorite Christmas songs, which is okay. I understand that they wouldn't want me to tell them what they should do on their show. I get it. I wouldn't either. Um, but Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas is my fave. One of my faves. Okay. They're all my faves. Do you sing Christmas music? You want me to real quick? Ready? I did that last week and they shut the radio down. I know. It's so great. Okay. Um, so my family sang together growing up. Yeah. I didn't understand this. We talked about this before, but there were four kids. We had a big, huge van. And um, my mom would start singing, and I I realized later it's because she wanted us to be quiet. Like, that was the only way. No arguments, no sass, just... Just singing. Yeah, and it was so cool. So now at Christmas, well, they've done this for the whole time, but at Christmas every year when we open up presents, we sing songs. My dad reads the Christmas story from the Bible, and then we get to open presents. But the poor kids, like, I get it. The kids are like... But I also, I whispered, come on, Papa, Bob. But it's so stinking cool. I love it. And I, I told Jack, because I said, hey, I need you to kind of get prepared for Christmas. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he goes, that's cool. I can't wait. Yeah. So, you know, mm. hashtag best man. But, okay, history of the gingerbread contest. I'm looking at this magazine. This is what, this is the Boomtown magazine, the Woodward. Woodward magazine used oh, to be Boomtown. My bad. I didn't realize I changed the name. Yep. But um, we've got Santa on the front here. This is a fun one. And it has the history of the gingerbread contest. Did you know I won the gingerbread contest one year? Really? Really. Wow. Yeah, I remember I was decorating the gingerbread house. And um, I think that it went in the family one because my kids helped me too. I don't remember. There was, we won money. That's what I remember. Wow. But I remember I was working on it, working on it, working on it. I had the little frosting tip and stuff. Yeah. And um, one of our custo- one of my customers called in, in the middle of me working on that and said, I'm locked out of the house. Can you come out and help me? And I thought, oh, my gosh, we've got frosting everywhere. Yep, I'll be yeah, right there because that's what we do, <laughs> what right? We do, yes. <laughs> anyway, this is a fun little thing Woodward yeah. News puts out. I don't know. I just saw it, and I wanted to look at it more, so I, I remember the, brought it up here. my brother did it. If you know my brother, he doesn't oh, do gosh. anything. I remember some. Simple. Yes. It was as big as this table. Right. He it was used like a, village, a sheet of wasn't it? plywood and he did the Who Village. Yes. The huge, like he was. Yeah. He put like cookie sheets of cookies together and made the roof and every shingle. And it was, just, it was, it took like three of us to carry it. It was so <laughs> incredible. Huge. And it was so awesome. And then the guy who won made a church cathedral oh. with 10,000 little bitty, I mean, it was a little bitty oh, thing, my gosh. but it was just like this intricate, everything was just crazy detailed, but it was, I loved it. It was, it. So, it was crazy. so much fun. I was shocked at the amount of money that I spent on candy and cookies and yes. different things to do it. Like I, I spent close to a hundred dollars on material on mm-hmm. food to make a gingerbread house that yeah, Nobody ate. <laughs> <laughs> so that was, but it was fun. And I think the kids enjoyed it. It was kind of a cool thing. But anyway, definitely go to the Pioneer. Let's see. Pain, Plains Pioneer. Museum. Sorry, the Woodward Museum. I just totally screwed that up. But you know, that cool museum that we have on Downs. Yes. Definitely. Williams. Williams. <laughs> it's right up the road here, across from the post office. I think I'm going to be quiet. It's time for us to talk about. Let's talk about some real estate. Yeah. So we're going to give you some hmm. um, practical tips, valuable insights. It's on a painful one. 
This is the painful one. This is the hardest one. It's easier to do this one on air than it is in person. Yes. Tell me I'm wrong. Would you want to have this discussion with me about a house I own? Yeah, okay. Let's talk, Brian. So what do you do when your home doesn't sell? You cry. You do cry. And actually, we cry with you because we talk it's about hard. this in the office. Like, why is this not selling? And so you always, I don't, I don't even know where to begin because I want to hit a couple of different things. Mm-hmm. I want to say first and foremost, sometimes it's just simply a timing issue. Yes. Sometimes it's just not the right time for your house to sell. Your house might be priced right. It might be at a great location. It might be beautiful condition. And it might just be that there is not the right buyer for your house right now. Right. And that stinks. We're still looking for the buyer, but they just may not be surfacing. So, all right, here we go. Um, Number one is price. It's the most. This is the hard part. Right. But it's the easiest. I say the easiest. It's the easiest remedy. It's the easiest remedy if you can afford to make that remedy. So unrealistic prices can be, I'm glad that you said that because that can be a twofold situation. Sometimes we just, um, I hope it's okay. I should have talked to my dad first, but when my dad and mom sold their house in Woodward before they moved to Oklahoma City, um, my dad had a price in mind for his home. And back then that price was very unrealistic, unfortunately, for the size of the home. Um, The location was a good location, but the size of the home really didn't command the value that he wanted. He loved that house so much. Like he felt like there should be a monetary value for the emotional connection that he had to our home. And it was, it was a great home for our family. We had great memories and, and it was a good solid house and all those kinds of things. But when I had to tell him how much I wanted to list his house for, it was very uncomfortable, mm-hmm. very uncomfortable. So sometimes it's an unrealistic price because um, you have a different mindset than what the market is actually telling you. Sometimes it's an unrealistic price because you cannot afford to sell for what the market says you should sell for. Right. So there's two different things. Sometimes that means that you overbuilt for the neighborhood. Yes. (laughs) (coughs) Out. Or you checked out. So, yeah, we'll talk about mine later. All right. So unrealistic price. Um, Easy way to fix. Drop the price. Yep. But we know that that's hard. We know that it's easy to do that. We know that there's a turmoil inside that can come with that. So that's something that we would want to talk about. Um, We also remember you're the boss. So even if I think your price is unrealistic and I can show you, that's really a little higher than it should be. um, We also know that if you want to try that and you want to stick with it, we're going to try it and stick with it. Yep. All right. Sometimes your home might lack some charm. Or it's just not compelling to the buyers in the market today. So I think about, like, this one is, um, I think about the house that I bought, my little tiny house. It was a really good house. And you and I could see all this value in it. And we were like, why is this house not selling? Why is this house not selling? And I think that people couldn't quite see the value that was in the house because of its lack of charm. Like, Mm -hmm. it had some, it has a funky texture on some of the walls. I think that that's a negative. Um, It had purple carpet. Yes. And, um, and it had some, like, I don't know how to say this, like, it had some old people furniture in it. And I, I think sometimes that that takes away um, a buyer's ability to see the value of the property. Because as soon as we changed the carpet, and as soon as I painted, it also had pink walls. Do you remember that? Oh, it did. I was it's like, weird. I can handle purple carpet. I cannot <clears throat> handle pink walls. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, 
little bit of paint, a little bit of carpet, and it looks like a it looked like a completely different property. And now there is charm yes. that just wasn't there. And and it's not even so much that I'm saying the seller should have done those things. Just that sometimes we have to recognize what we view as this is a nice solid home and what you might view as, oh, that's where grandpa always had his chair, might not be quite so pretty mm-hmm. for the buyers. Right. Now, yours, we even added a front porch. We did. That's right. I forgot. Added, I mean, it changed the front of the house. Oh, it oh. did. It gave all kinds of character to it. And and freshening up, too, because I immediately freshened up the paint and painted the front door. I realize that that's not everybody's color. <laughs> but actually, I mean, the house really... It made a huge difference mm-hmm. to the to just the way that the front of the house looks. So nobody else maybe wanted to paint it yellow, but it actually it corresponds very very well with mm-hmm. the gray set that were already on the property. So there's different things that that you might be able to do. Some of them are kind of extreme. I would not have mm-hmm. any of our sellers probably build. I mean, I can't no. think of a seller right now that I'd say you need to build <clears> a <throat> porch and get some charm to your house. house. No. But so. maybe this might be when you kind of look at some other ways. So inside, do you need to add some colorful pillows, or do you need to take? I don't. I don't know. What What do you think? Some easy, well, cheap things. I'm not sure we're getting there yet, but we staged. Okay. We staged my house. Yes. So um, I've got one that we tried to flip. And we got spent too much money on it, um, <clears throat> but then we we invested in some uh, goings, stepped in, and you, and, the seller, did the seller invested in furniture. Yes. Yes. Um, they staged it. Goings did and did a great job, um, but it just and it I think it helped during that time, but. Mm-hmm. There's just not like the problem with that. This one is the price range. There are just very few price people in this price range right now. Back to your right. It's the wrong time to sell this house because mm-hmm. there's no buyers in this price range. Right. So, but yeah, we staged it. I think it helped. Um, I'm not sure it would be worth the investment on a normal house to stage. No, I don't think that we would normally suggest to to a seller to purchase a new dining table and a new living room set and a TV. Like, I don't think that that's something that we would do with the typical situation. It was different for you because mm-hmm. you could actually use those things elsewhere. Right. Um, but for most sellers, we're not going to tell you to go buy all new furniture. But we might need to evaluate. Yesterday, we looked at a house, um, and they have lived in it very, very comfortably, and, and it works great the way that they have it set up. But I had to have the conversation and say, Okay, you're going to probably need to remove one of your pieces of living room furniture, move this over here, open this up a little bit. Um, You might just need a little bit of staging assistance with what you already have. Just less is more. Less is more. All right. What else do you think on house lacking charm? I think it's a big deal. I think, I mean, clean is a big deal. So I was walking through a house um, yesterday. I even made a note here because it's reminded me. The windows on the house, like the house is all brand new, paint, flooring, kitchen cabinets, walls, texture, paint, bathroom vanities, but the bathtubs are nasty, the shower's nasty, the toilets are, well, the toilets are brand new, Um, but the windows, like you walk in this new house and you look out and you can't even, the windows are just horrible, like, so... Something simple like that is you walk in, you spend all this money and time on everything else. Right. And then you're like, oh, shoot, the windows. Um, I think it pay somebody whatever couple hundred dollars to go on clean windows will make a big difference. We talked about clean on another show or two recently. And I, I think that there's a huge investment in just 
having a professional cleaner come in and get you yes. all spiffied up before you go on the market. Yes. And and if you know that you live a little rough, maybe even have them do some freshenings in the middle. Yep. It, it does. It makes a big difference. It really yep. does. Especially things like windows, mirrors, um, bathrooms. Bathrooms yep. really. And then these laminate clean. floors are awesome. Yeah. Except that when you walk through them, you see yes. all the footprints. Yes, we do. A quick a quick dust on the floor a would be. Swiffer sweeper, maybe. Yep. Um, I think outside too, and I I know that we're probably we may get to a curb appeal. I'm not sure if that's on here or not, but and and we harp on that, but. That's the hard part is sometimes people just drive by and go, mm, it didn't look like anything. I'm not going in. Mm -hmm. And we need you to help us to make sure that the exterior is as, as inviting as the interior is. Yeah. So you might have to do a little extra with the yard maintenance. You might need to get some potted plants or um, I know we're not in season for that particularly. This might be the time. Silk I'm ones. not a big fan of silk, but yeah. maybe. I mean, like right now, some silk poinsettias and, and a nice big um, planter. Yeah. I mean, it does. It makes a difference. So something you might just consider, how can you freshen up the outside and give it a little bit of, a little pop of color? Next up, we talk about this a lot. Mm -hmm. And I don't mean to like brag on our guy or anything, but poor listing photos can be one of the reasons your home doesn't sell. And so. Um, yeah, and I've had people, I'm not showing them houses. Well, we didn't go look at that house because there was no pictures. That's a big like deal. What? There's a listing on the market right now that doesn't have any. There's a couple, I think, that don't have any interior photos. And, man, it's just hard on everyone. It's hard for a buyer to know if they really want to waste the time to go in. It's hard for agents to remember the property mm -hmm. to even schedule it because there's no pictures to remind us. It's tough. That's not great for a seller, and I don't think. Although, I realize, too, sometimes there are <clears throat> extenuating circumstances. We've leveraged the teaser pictures where we put a really good picture of the front and one or two pictures inside and leave it. Right. And people are like, hey, tell us more. Okay. Right. So there, there is a strategy for using less pictures. Yes. But still good quality pictures are important. Yes. So good quality. Um, back in the day, it was okay for me to just use my phone. It's really not okay for me to just use my phone anymore. We have so many more capabilities with cameras um, Nathan takes all of our still photos, and then we also have our, we have two different virtual tour systems, um, and sometimes we use the Zillow virtual tour system, sometimes we use our Matterport, mm -hmm. the brand of our office virtual tour system, um, and I like the photos on the, I love the photos on the Matterport, but there's just a different sense of, um, it, I feel like the photos that Nathan does give an ambiance to the property mm -hmm. that maybe you don't see with the white light that the that the Matterport camera gives. Yeah. Is, am I saying that right? That's how I view it. Yes. There's like a two different I know they bracket it automatically inside of the <laughs> Matterport. Um, but I think they've made it so blanketed to cover every property and you can't customize it like Nathan can. Right. So so good qualities are very, very important. Um we Nathan and I talked not very long ago. We have a large listing, um, and he said, I'm really having a hard time getting this one picture, and I don't remember what the picture was. And I said, here's the deal. Oh, it was inside of the of the bunkhouse. I'm like, here's the deal. I can only put 36 pictures on our normal listing service. So I have to be very strategic which ones I pick. Mm -hmm. So sometimes I do have to leave some out. And, man, I hate that. I really hate when I can only come up with, like, five or six pictures to put on there. Like, I, I do not want to put a listing on without 20 photos. I want 20 photos. Like, yes. It's just like my random number. But but when it's less than 20, I feel like I haven't done my job. 
I think <clears throat> more photos is better. I think more is better. I, I think, I mean, there, there's so many. We've sold pic, we've sold houses off of the pictures. We've sold houses off the virtual tour. Yes. People are like, I love the house. I've already been through it. I'm ready to go. They walk in just ready to buy um, because we've prepared them with the right pictures and the right photos. All right. Another reason your home doesn't sell. Well, this one's an easy one. <clears throat> We can't show if it. I can't show it, I can't sell it. We've 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 had some we've had some complicated situations. We're like, oh yeah, you can show it Thursday between two and three if it's fifty two degrees outside and not me. Like, like. So we had um we had a seller recently. I, I wish I could have talked to her a little bit more. I would like to know some motivation of a couple of things, but um, bless her heart. When we started, she was like Johnny on the spot, like get it done. She was ready for photos. She did all this, that, and the other, um, and was so great to accommodate the first couple of showings. And then something happened um, with her work schedule, and and we were and we were struggling. I mean, it was tough. Like it looks like the first time I'm available to have you show the houses next week, and da da da. And I thought, oh no. No. And and thankfully, we found the right buyer showed up at the right time to help out of that. Um, but then also they moved. And I, I wondered even if she recognized, oh, my gosh, the schedule does not work in order to accommodate the showings to allow the house to sell. And we have to get the household. Um, like, I, I wish I could add a minute to talk to her about that. But um, it kind of we know what a hardship it is for you to have the house ready to show. Whenever we say we live in our house, I get it. I live in my house and it is not show ready whenever I leave every morning. And I know that if I were to sell my house, it would be, it would be quite a challenge. It, I think it does go back to the prepacking. The less that I have in my house, the easier it is to keep it clean. Pets, I can't even imagine trying to have it perfect and shiny with my Tilly. Like, There's, yeah, I don't know how. Pets just create another hole. They really do. But I'm not getting rid of her. So we get that, that there are some challenges that come with that. So whenever it comes to showings, what we tell our sellers is we will have the call that says we want to show the house right now. Can we show it in 10 minutes? Hopefully we can. But if we can't, we just need you to give us the very next, next yes. best available time. Okay, I can't do 15, but I can do an hour. I can't do an hour, but I could do an hour and a half. Like We just need you to give us the quickest time possible so that we don't lose that buyer. Right. And here, you've said a million times, because a lot of people think, I better not move until they sell the house. It's better if it's occupied. And at Woodward, it's not like that. Yeah, Woodward is different. I, it's, and I don't, I don't understand why exactly, but yeah, it's, it's uh, occupied. And I don't think, I think that's one reason why staging has never caught on here. Because most of the time, even staging homes um, doesn't help as much as it should in other places. Right. Like we, I remember the house on First Street, we staged with a table. We took a dining room table yes. to, to prove that the dining table, because people were like, oh, there's just not room. And we're like, yes, there is. So we took a dining room table over and staged the dining room. So I think there's parts of your home that you can have staged to show space or accent a location or an area. Like we talked about on the holiday one, sometimes you just need to highlight an area. We needed to highlight in that particular kitchen that mm -hmm. there was space for a decent-sized dining table mm -hmm. and um, some other. I think at that point we had built a wall to create another bedroom is yep. what we had done. 
And I think that there was fear. Oh, my gosh, it's not going to fit. And we're like, yes, yes, it does. Yep. And, man, it really, really worked well. So sometimes you just need to highlight a specific area with a certain type of staging in yep. a vacant yep. home. You don't have to, to do add the, the whole value. house. Yep. Right? Yep. I don't think. Anyway, okay. <laughs> Showings are too difficult. Uh, we hate that. We know it's tough on everyone. Yeah. yeah. If you have pets, I'm back to the pet thing. I mean, if you have pets in your house and and you've got to go let them out or put them in a kennel or, oh, my gosh, it, it is a distraction. I mean, we have our pets, so I don't, it ain't going to be any way around it. Just it'd be good to have a, a, um, a pet sitter, somebody right. that's available with a you, person. a backup and run person. And run and get the <laughs> I know how I have dogs like to bite me. They and do. So, it's so weird. That dog yesterday didn't want to bite you. Oh, the, I think the one yesterday morning when I was working on the heater, I thought it was going to be attacked the whole oh. time I was there. <laughs> <It's a> little, <laughs> no, there's this big, beautiful black dog that had oh, come yes. up to us at a yeah. property. Um, and, and it was kind of, it was a vacant property out in the country. Mm -hmm. And I was a little, I wasn't sure. If I had time for a dog, that's the kind of dog that I'd want. That was a good dog. A little black lab. I know. I wanted to take it home too. Anyway, um, how many dogs can I have? Do you remember the one? One. <laughs> <clears throat> um, the next one is. I think I have three. It's time. emotional. You're too Okay. This one's a real one. This one's real. And this goes back to my sweet, sweet daddy, Bob. Yep. It was really hard. And I remember some of the cutest things that he said were, um, now you need to find a nice family for this. We don't actually get to pick our buyers. <laughs> But I loved the sentiment. I get it because my dad really loved that home. And mm -hmm. he really loved remembering us kids growing up and Christmases and then grandkids coming and all these different things. I get it. So sometimes, um, and sometimes it's different. Sometimes it's because you've lived in your home for 50 years. Those are tough. Yep. Those are very, very, very And that's tough. why we lean back on the numbers. We lean back on the numbers. We, we go back and say, here's, here's what... Um, because selling is emotional. Buying is also emotional. Yes. So, but we lean back on the numbers to prove that, you know, what is sold, you know, each part of the properties I've shopped is all these things. We, we go in and put numbers to all those values and take all the emotion out. So, I mean, mm -hmm. when we build our little market analysis piece, our CMA, um, it, it's emotionless. We plug in figures and it tells us a range and it gives us some a few things we can tweak, like location, condition, um, the other uh, attributes to the house we can add in there. But yeah, most it, it takes all the emotion out, which still is hard to do. Oh man, is it hard? Because there is emotion. So, so on the seller, sometimes it's it's hard to get them to the point where we feel. I use the emotion word feel that they can accept that price for their property. Right. Um, and then on a buyer, you're the same thing. Like they, yes. sometimes buyers get emotional and they'll, they'll pay too much. Right. Which is, I mean, again, there's a lot of reasons why you, you can afford to pay too much for a property, but we want, I mean, we want to make sure that it's all, it's a, um, a fair market of value, um, cause yes. it's got to appraise and all that. So back to emotions, it is emotions on the selling side, you know, the heartaches of, I've got. We've got one now that some agents are working on. They have spent the last 12 months, seems like nearly every day, remodeling wow. this big old house. And they, they're like, if we cal they calculated their time. They kept track. Right. And they're like, well, if we hired a contractor and they worked what we did, then this is how much we would have spent on it, plus what we bought it for. It should, 
If we sell for any less than this, we're losing money. Yes. I'm sorry. But I, the numbers show this. Right. I mean, and so um, it's just like mine. I'm in it upside down. I got way more than it than I should. And it was an emotional deal. We got involved. Um, we stepped out, hired somebody else to finish it, which then I have more expense there instead of us doing the work. So there's no sweat equity. Um, I wasn't around to make quick. We had big problems. We had foundation issue that cost a bunch more money. I just, you just find all kinds of problems. Emotionally, it angers me to lose money. Most people. And so, <laughs> and so, um, but I'm going to lose money either way. I'm going to lose money right. on the, on the taxes, insurance, interest. I'm going to lose money there or I'm going to take it on the chin now. Right. I'm going to lose it. Um, and so unless you're willing to rent it and then you'll lose money a different way. So I think there's a different type of emotions that come with this. Yes. Um, not even just the emotion of being in your home, living your home, being frustrated because you're losing money. Sometimes I think it's just, <clears throat> I'm sorry, my throat is really bothering me this afternoon. <laughs> Is that peach tea? Sometimes it's my peach tea. That's not true. I love my peach tea. Um, sometimes I think that there's the emotions that come involved with, um, there's kind of a competition in a buyer and a seller sometimes. So maybe the house is priced right, and maybe a buyer comes in really low, and that feels very offensive. And so sometimes the seller's knee-jerk reaction is an emotional one with, I don't care. I just, I won't sell it. I don't have to sell it. I don't know how many times I hear, I don't have to sell it. And I think I would caution sellers to really make sure that they um, step away from that mindset. You know, you don't have to sell it. You don't have to sell anything. Even when you think you have to, you really don't have to. There's always something else that can happen. Um, but kind of just pause and remember that it's business. So business sense, what do you need? How can we counteroffer? What would you like to try to do? Because sometimes a buyer, sometimes a buyer is just testing the water. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they really are um, out of league with what they can afford, and so they're making um, a, a hurtful offer to you. But in their mind, they're thinking, I have to try if I don't try, because they don't know your situation either. And I think sometimes a buyer, by the same token, will make an offer, think it's a good, solid offer. And the seller goes, I'm not coming off my price. I'm not coming off my price. And then there's that set of emotions too. So I think sometimes... That's the emotions that we see above and beyond even just that it was my home forever. It's just this, I don't know, feeling like somebody's trying to get the best of you, I guess. And I think our phrase is always, okay, this is a business transaction. So if we pause for a minute, we take it back to business. How much do you need to purchase it for? How much do you need to sell it for? Counter here. You you counter there and, and, and be closer maybe. And sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But I don't, I don't know that I've ever had a transaction where I had a buyer say, I want to hurt their feelings and I'm going to make the lowest offer possible <laughs> just to be a stinker. That Have you had that? You're going to say you have. Oh my gosh. We had some people. I haven't, I haven't had that, thankfully, because I don't know how I would handle it. Yeah. Because my feelings start getting all in the way like, oh gosh, I don't want to yep. do that. And then I, yeah. And then that's our job is to calm it down and be back to, hey, it's bring, business. It's business. Um, and that, you know, they got offended that they countered the way they did. And, and it comes back to, I think you're reading into it, you know what I'm saying? And people, we're in a small town, so everybody knows each other. But nonetheless, right. it happens. We've had thousands of transactions. It's going to happen. All right. So there's some ideas. Yep. There's some practical tips, yep. valuable insights. Yep. And let us know if we can help you sell your home. Yes. And if your home hasn't sold and, um, and is listed with us and we haven't had some of these hard conversations, um, give us a shout. 
Yes. And let's get it done. Yes. I'm Brian Cook, 580-334-2303. I'm Kendra Brown, 580-216-0090. And we will see you next time.